This is the Side Hustle Show number 67, The Hustler's Path from Freelance to Service Business to Product Business. Welcome to the Side Hustle Show, where aspiring part-time entrepreneurs learn how to turn their side hustle dreams into reality. Because your nine to five may make you a living, but your five to nine makes you alive. And now your host, Nick Loper. Hey everybody, Nick Lober here. Welcome to the Side Hustle Show. In this episode, we'll hear from Garrett Moon, the founder of CoSchedule. But specifically, you're going to want to listen for the distinct steps along the way in his journey. It's really similar to what Nick Reese talked about a few months ago about using freelancing to find business ideas. But the idea is to start off small as a freelancer is one quick way to do it. You can start part-time, very little risk. Then as your client base grows, you can bring on partners or assistants and have uh, have yourself a little agency. Then as you learn more and more about the market that you serve, you can build out a product to help them even more. So I put together a detailed PDF file that you can download for free with all the notes and resources mentioned at sidehustlenation.com slash episode 67 or just slash 67 if you want to do that. Uh, news and updates had an awesome time in Dallas last weekend for the first ever podcast movement. Thank you to Jared and Dan and the entire crew for putting on such a great event. It was, I don't know, it was awesome to hang out with some of the the Side Hustle Nation members and listeners and and just friends and colleagues from around the industry and, and really feel the the connection, the the power that the the podcast can create. So really cool stuff. Uh, but back to the grind this week and thankful that you're joining me. Let's get Garrett on the line and go for a walk down the hustler's path. Hey, Garrett, welcome to the Side Hustle Show. Hey, thanks. Thanks for having me on. Now, Garrett is the founder of Today Made, a marketing development firm, and he's the founder of CoSchedule, a popular WordPress integrated editorial calendar and social sharing system. And the fun part, both of these businesses started as side hustles. He's a, um, a side hustle pro. Okay, <laughs> let's start off with the uh, let's start with the consulting business. So, so take me back. You're working full time. Where yep. does the idea for this business come from? Well, it um, you know like many op, you know businesses, it kind of comes from doing it wrong the first time. So, me and my business partner were working at an agency, marketing type agency, kind of an old school, um, you know, integrated advertising type place, and you know we're kind of like shoved off in the corner in the web web area where it's dark and dusty and um you know just you know feeling like yeah we can do this better ourselves and there's a lot of technology and new things out there that we're we're not taking advantage of that could be a huge help to customers so one day we just kind of broke off and started our own thing called today made and um you know kind of went from there i think we had a um, long-running Excel spreadsheet that um, had sort of this list of expenses that we were each kind of paying for individually for a while. We started, you know, building some things on the side and doing a few little side projects, mostly just kind of stuff for fun, not always stuff for pay. But um, I think when we launched the business, we had about $150 in the pot each uh, when we when we first started Today Made. So it was just kind of your typical two guys with a crazy idea and just kind of went for it. 150 bucks to get a business off the ground. I like it. Yeah. How? Uh, t- talk to me about getting your first client. So, what service are you offering, and how are you signing people up uh, for for that service? 
Sure. So the first thing we did is we ordered a business card, and we ordered we spent each spent ten dollars on a big, huge ream of business cards, and uh, then we we put together this list. And this is actually kind of long before we officially broke away from the agency. We put together this list, and I still have it at Google Doc. Um, and you know, we had a code name at that time before we had named our business, but <laughs> it was just like a prospects list, like just what was a, what was the code name? Mua. My my last name is Moon. My my business partner's last name is Walsh. So M O W A Mua. Okay. Um, <laughs> you know, it's a dumb name, but we we basically just did this brain dump and we wrote down every single person we know. And you know, it's like here's this person in a dash. Oh, they might know somebody who needs a website. I have no idea. Or you know, this person operates this side business. Or um, you know, this person is connected to this guy who runs this auto parts store or something. You know, just stuff like that. And you just everybody we knew that. It was basically like a to-do list and the day we started our business like this was going to be the list of prospects on who we're going to call first just kind of how who we're going to hustle and um we we kind of pitch ourselves as a you know a new marketing company Um, it's not really exactly what we wanted to be but it was easy for people to understand very quickly the types of things that we could do and to be honest at that stage of business you're just not that picky we just needed work to kind of get this thing off the ground so um you know we did some AdWords stuff early on. We did, you know, a lot of website uh, designs and, you know, content management systems, revamps, um, changes on people's current site, you know, stuff like that. I mean, we didn't, we weren't too exclusive to any one area. We tried as hard as we could to always kind of keep ourselves very focused on the web, though. We didn't, we didn't want to go outside of that type of work. You didn't want to be running direct mail campaigns or, you know, radio spots for these companies. We did one radio spot and uh, in our in our lifetime as today made, and that was the first and very last. So. Okay. <laughs> okay, so so this list of prospects going this is just a, a personal this is personal network plus who those people might know. So it's kind of uh, LinkedIn plus, you know, whatever, two to three degrees of, of separation. Yeah, something like that. I mean, you know, sometimes it was asking for a referral or, hey, can you help us get a meeting with this person, you know, or introduction. You know, we always try to, if we don't know, if we have a lead that we want to, um, you know, get to, but we don't have a good, you know, we don't know them personally or have a personal relationship, we try to get some sort of an introduction to that. So, I mean, it was very basic in, in you know, primarily first degree contacts. But, yeah, there was some of those those others in there as well. Okay. And did, did the first degree people be like, dude, quit spamming me? Or were they like happy to help you out? No, because we didn't spam them. We just called them. You know, I mean, we called them up. Everything was by phone to start with. And we said, hey, you know, here's what I'm doing. Um, you know, if it's, you know, if it's anything that you'd be interested in or maybe, you know, or just want to visit about it. Sometimes it would just be, you know, asking people out to coffee and just say, hey, here's what I'm up to now. You know me. I know you. Let's talk about it. And okay. uh, most people really were. I mean, we didn't. I mean, there was a couple people that said, nah, I'm not interested and that's it. But um, they were warm enough relationships at least to where uh, they they gave us the time of day okay that makes sense and that is where you know our first site uh the first full website that we sold came right out of that list and it was just probably within two weeks of us making those first first calls and that was that was our first payday it wasn't much but it was the first you know paycheck that we were able to take home as a company or as founders Definitely. The the next question is kind of regards to uh, to pricing. Did did you kind of price abnormally low in order to build up a, a portfolio of, of of work of clients or anything like that, or did you go kind of full bore right out of the gate? <clears throat> um, fairly full bore. I mean, I think we definitely scaled our pricing based on the sense that we were getting from that particular client. And so our pricing varied fair amount early on, but that didn't last very long. Um, <clears throat> 
one of the few early sites that we sold that we discounted, you know, that was probably the only site we, it's really the only site we've ever actually discounted and it's been kind of a pain in our, in our side ever since. So we really don't uh, do that. And I don't usually recommend to most entrepreneurs that that price is the place to discount early on just to like the idea of just building a portfolio. I know it's really common, but I, I'm not a big fan of it just because I feel like it kind of gets you started off on the wrong foot, which um, it's very easy in this type of business to undervalue your services. And uh, that can be very dangerous to a business in the long term because um, you end up with a lot of clients that aren't paying you a lot, very much money that are taking up a lot of time. And that will prevent you from building your business and it will prevent you from ever turning it into a company versus, you know, a freelance side project. Right, right. Did you get any pushback from people saying, well, you know, I'd love to love to work with you, you know, show me, show me some of your past work? Or are you able to display some of your work from the agency to kind of ease yeah. those fears? Well, technically, we could we could even use agency work uh, in our portfolio. I mean, they didn't like us too, and they got mad if we tried. But um, but you know, we both had enough freelance side projects. We'd actually we technically had started working together about a year before we started our business, and um, we each had each had a side project that we were working on. And what we did is we just exchanged services. I was a designer, he was a developer. So I did his design and he did my development and we just kind of traded that way. So we had these two projects that we built together already. So we, you know, we kind of knew, um, we had some pieces to go to. Uh, and then I had two or three projects that I had done on the side that showed good design. And uh, we used those primarily on our website. But then when we meet with clients, you know, sometimes, you know, some of those agency pieces would come out, but not much of it. You know, I think um, me, you know, me and my partner had been doing work as, des- you know, professional web designers, developers for five or six years um, before we started. So, you know, we had a body of work to, to point to. Definitely. Well, your body of work and a body of uh, skill sets. It's not like, hey, just hanging your shingle and saying, hey, I'm a, I'm a web developer now. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, we had some, and you get contacts that way too. Just being involved in the industry and being involved in these, you know, working at an agency, ad agency, you meet all kinds of marketing directors and those types of people and they move around and, um, you know, hey, well, they move to this company. So let's contact them and see what they're doing there. Yeah. Stuff like that. Do, do you recommend for somebody starting out that they try and find a partner to, to go into business with or should they set out on their own? I do. Um, I started on my own as freelance early, you know, very right out of college. Um, and I had sort of business aspirations, but you know, they were kind of muted by, uh, by my design education. So I wasn't very, you know, smart with how I did things and how I approached work. Um, and, and, and didn't really enjoy it very much uh, on my own. So then that's when I took a full-time job in an agency and then just kind of always said, you know, I want to do it again. My my goal and my plan is to run my own business, but um, I want to wait until I have somebody with some more business savvy just to bounce ideas off of, you know, and um, or I don't know, that helped me think more like a business rather than just a designer on his kind of out there on his own. I, I think it's difficult. I think as an entrepreneur, you really – it's very overwhelming because there's literally a, a, an unlimited number of options before you at all times, right? Definitely. I mean, you could, you know, we were talking about right before the show about, you know, we, you know, today we had a podcast and we kind of shut it down and did this and took this direction and, you know, you're getting a good traction with your podcast. So, I mean, like, so everybody's a little different and, and that's usually based on how you steered the ship early on and how you approached, you know, your podcast or how you approach what you're doing. And, um, just the the overwhelming number of ways that you can take a company at any time or you know even just an idea um, is very difficult to vet when you're the only one vetting them you know you it's really hard to test that that's a theme that i will probably 
strike on even more because even just a bit more than a business partner, there's really good ways to vet and test your ideas. But um, you know, having somebody to to analyze that with and talk it through with is really important. I think. Yeah, I'll joke that the you know the best part about being self-employed is being your own boss, and the worst part about being self-employed is there's no boss to to tell you what to do next. Right. And I'll give the example of my wife and her her business partner or her side hustle partner. Uh, you know, they started this photography thing last year, and you know, where as as individuals they might not have had the confidence to you know put their services out there for sale and and charge the prices that they that they did but you know combine you know combine combining forces it, it ended up working out really well for them so mm-hmm. you know pros and cons to to partnerships but starting out it can definitely be a, a little bit of a safety net and like you said a little bit of a of a combination of skills if that's yeah. uh, if that's the case as well so and i, I mean me and my business partner have a very very good relationship we've been doing you know business together now for about, about four or five years and i mean it's you know <laughs> it's the kind of like a marriage we always joke but um you know and i know that that's not always easy to come by and so we got lucky in that way but uh it is a very good thing if you can find it particularly in our case designer developer i mean it's a pretty obvious match yeah did you know that roughly half of side hustle nation hasn't started their side hustle yet if that's you i get it starting and building a business is tough It takes more than just an idea. There are tons of moving parts, and it's a bit like trying to assemble your airplane in the middle of takeoff. Thankfully, our sponsor, Taylor Brands, is helping Side Hustle Show listeners make that leap and make it all a lot easier. Their comprehensive platform guides you through every step, making sure you have everything you need all in one place. Think of it like your behind-the-scenes partner for things like LLC formation, licenses and permits, getting an EIN, setting up your business bank account, bookkeeping and invoicing, insurance, logos, trademark protection, and a lot more. Taylor Brands helps you handle it all seamlessly. And to get you started, Side Hustle Show listeners get 35% off Taylor Brands LLC formation plans when you use our link. That's taylorbrands.com slash side hustle. Taylor Brands, like a tailor for your clothes, T-A-I-L-O-R-B-R-A. A-N-D-S.com slash side hustle. Start your business journey today with the help of Taylor Brands. When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search and hit the ground running with your new hire. But what if you could get rid of the search part and just get matched with qualified candidates? Well, now you can with our sponsor, Indeed. It's simple. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. The matching and hiring platform is trusted by over 3.5 million businesses worldwide to connect with great talent faster. And 93% of employers agree that Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites. For my next hire, I'm using Indeed to tap into a talent pool of 350 million unique monthly visitors. And what else is cool is Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use it, the better it gets. And how about this? Side Hustle Show listeners get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash Side Hustle Show. Just go to Indeed.com slash Side Hustle Show right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash Side Hustle Show. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. So let's talk about the kind of the pivot as as you've been going along growing this business. How did uh, how did CoSchedule come about, and what is I guess explain what it does and, and why people are interested in it? 
Well, before we started today, mate, I kind of alluded to this a little bit. We started building side projects and, and you know, building some things together. And, um, you know, what we were building wasn't always the type of thing that we were selling as today, mate. It was actually web applications. So pretty early on, um, even before we started today, mate, we had aspirations to be a company that builds or, you know, sells a web application. And um, so when we launched today, mate, our goal was to spend, I don't know, a year or so, kind of hustling this agency side, you know, building up a client base so that we had some funding to basically do what we really wanted to do, which was build software. Um, and that's, you know, what we did. We started we started building and, and launched kind of our first software product um, shortly after starting Today Made and began building that out slowly um, over the next couple of years and then um, built our CMS, which is a standalone product as well. We, we, we've never opened that up, but it, it was kind of designed uh, with that in mind at first. But... Um, you know, so we started building software right away, and, and our goal as a company was to have this time where we pivoted from a service-based company into a product-based company, and um, that was from our been our business model from the beginning. That's a thirty-seven signals model. You know, mm-hmm. we talked about them a lot, and I'm sure your your listeners are familiar with them. So, what that pivot was like was like four years of um, t- <laughs> four hard years, really. I mean. <laughs> Agency side kept growing and did well. By the time we finally pivoted, you know, we were up to about five five full time. Um, well, there was three full time employees and a part time. So there was there was you know five full time of five of us working full time in the office. Okay. So a team of five people. Um, so you know the agency side had grown, but it was always there's always this very dramatic and very complicated um, tug and pull between billable work and then working on the app, you know, and working on what you're what we really want to be doing or really want to be building during that time. So um, it, that was a pretty tough transition. There's a lot of stuff that happened in there, but um, you know. The long and short of it is that we actually built a couple pieces of software, shut one down, started co-schedule, and you know, uh, did that one totally differently than we did the first one, and you know, ended up launching it, getting traction early on, um, and then pivoting out into actually two separate companies. So, where did the idea for it uh, for it come from? Was this something that your customers were asking for, or were you just like, hey, I think this would be cool, let's build it and see what happens? Yeah, it was definitely something that we had customers. We wanted to give customers. I would say it like that. You know, we were doing some consulting. Um, you know, in content marketing and social media marketing, we our actual our first piece of software was a social media dashboard tool, very similar to a Hootsuite or a Sprout Social or something, where we're doing monitoring and stuff. Um, so that tool was built because we felt like it served two areas. We could we could sell it to our current clients as part of our CMS, and then we could also you know wrap it up and sell it as an individual product. That was kind of the original idea. Um, faulty faulty reasoning in it for many many ways, but um, you know that was kind of the the first thing that we that we put out there. Um, so that kind of gave us this early leap into social media, which kind of led us into this consulting thing. And then we had clients that we were kind of teaching how to do blogging, teaching them how to use social media, teaching them doing podcasting, doing, helping with video podcasts, you know, all kinds of stuff like that. And we kept feeling like there was never a good tool that we could give them to make it easy. You know, it's it, it's interesting to be working with a company of, you know, a handful of people that are going to be involved in the blogging and they'd have total buy-in on the content. They'd have total buy-in. They're willing to write the stuff. Uh, they're willing to do what it takes to make it happen. And they they believe in the in the power of what you know content marketing online marketing can do for them but 
executing it was a whole different thing. Right. Um, and there was obvious pain points. You know, one, there was no one place where we could put everybody for them to communicate. You know, we tried things like Basecamp and stuff, and they worked to a certain degree, but they weren't really made to do what we were wanting them to do. Um, and there was, they were always another tool on top of several other tools that they needed. You know, in order to blog, you have to have, you know, we'd always have, have a WordPress site. Um, so they'd have to have that and they'd have to have email so they could do their basic communication. They'd have to have some sort of a calendar to plan out their content, usually Google Calendar or Outlook or something like that. Um, and then you had a Basecamp maybe if you wanted to try and do some collaboration or we tried that unified calendar, but then there's still, it's still, they still have to go into WordPress or they still have to go into social media or they still have to open up Facebook, Twitter, Google Plus, you know, you name it. So it was just, it was never easy and what has happens when that happens is they just don't do it you know they they you know publish, publish a post they shoot it out onto facebook and that's done and it kind of dies from there so you know you're getting all this you know you're making all this headway with these companies and they're kind of falling flat and, and that was frustrating and then for our own selves using content as a way to grow our, our own business and our own email lists you know we thought you know this is this is frustratingly hard to have two or three people in our office writing blog posts and how hard it is to coordinate all that. And we used every plugin there was. So we ended up having the idea for CoSchedule was actually two separate ideas in the beginning. Uh, we actually thought about building two separate plugins, one that does the social media and then one did, that was just a calendar. Uh, and the calendar was supposed to be based on you know, a much, much different a um, little less traditional type of calendar that we had helped kind of invent for our clients to help them plan content. And so very, very niche applications, but we ended up bringing them together slowly and uh, building them into one product. So it's a lot of different directions. It, it originally, you know, we scratched an itch, um, but then as we started exploring the ideas for the two products, we realized that there was a pretty big opportunity um, to br bring them together and really um, make a big, big impact in, uh, in the market. So. Okay, so a little bit, a little bit speculative to to kind of like you said, divest resources from from the agency work to build out this app on the, you know, I know there's a need for it, but like, will if I build it, will they come? Kind of a thing. Mm -hmm. What uh, what happened next to to market it, or how did you kind of get the word out about it? First thing we did was not build it. Um, we we named it, and I did some mockups of what I thought it would look like, um, and they've actually held pretty pretty close to true. And we wrote up like a one paragraph description of what it di what it did. And I kind of had another multi page document that you know we put together that kind of analyzed the market a little bit, listed out competitors. I mean, we did some you know pretty deep thinking on it, but okay. we ended up putting together maybe I don't know 10, 15 you know, page slide deck um, of what we thought it would do. And it just kind of walked them through the process of how you, they would use it and what problems we were trying to solve um, and that sort of thing. And it was very simple. Um, so we had that slide deck and we launched a one page website and the website, you know, had a screenshot and a description and a download now button. And okay. you could click download now. And what download now would do is it actually open up a little email form that said, hey, you know, we're not launched yet. Ha ha. Um, <laughs> we tricked <and> you. <laughs> we tricked you, yeah. But, you know, we were able to validate would people click download now. Do people actually want to download? I don't, I don't care if they want to give me their email address. That's great. But I wanted to see would people – do people want this thing? Right. Okay. Um, so, so once they did that, then they could sign up for their email, and, and we got picked up by a couple of WordPress blogs, and uh, were able to get a few hundred people on that list, you know, in the first week or so. And so it was kind of like, okay, well, that's interesting, you know, people. So who was like, how was traffic finding this site? Like, if I mean, 
Um, I could, I could put up a one page site today and it would just rot on the, you know, black hole of the internet. Well, some of it was through personal connections. Um, you know, we had, we had pretty good relationships with the guys who ran WP daily back in the day. I don't know if anybody remembers that site. Uh, it was run by eight bit, um, guys. So we had worked with them on some work. We had used their themes quite a bit and had worked with them on some of that. So we had a relationship with them and they picked it up first. And then I think from there, uh, another one of the WordPress blogs picked it up. So it, it came through a personal connection, but I don't think, I don't, I don't think I even emailed him directly or anything. I think I just tweeted it out okay. and, um, it's just based on kind of your that. one page, um, you know, your your high level document, what the software yeah. is, what it does, who it's for, all that stuff. But it's, never never mind that it hasn't been built yet. Never mind that it hasn't been built. We haven't written a line of code yet. Okay. Um, another thing I should mention is that TodayMate had a very large email list at this time. Uh, we'd been writing a blog consistently, um, you know, at least three times a week, up to five times a week for several years okay, already yeah. at this point. So, I mean, we had built up an audience. We also had our Today launch days. We had thousands of users that came through that application. So, you know, we had a list of, of them as well. So we just, you know, we sent it out, sent it out. So we were able to build up, build up that list fairly easily. And was one of the things that today made is today made never really capitalize on that list until it started coming to co-schedule because, you know, even as an agency, we were trying to build up just a list of emails that were interested in things like social media, content marketing, you know, we really didn't call it content marketing back in the, back then, but you know, um, it's kind of what we're what we were doing. We're just talking about blogging really, but you know, we were, we were putting that together early on. And I, and I think that's a pretty vital step is you really have to think, you know, a step ahead. You mm -hmm. can't just think what you need right now. You have to kind of prepare yourself the, an audience. So when we launched, it was kind of always like, well, let's have an audience. And when we launch something, at least somebody will care. And that was kind of the thing. So we gave away eBooks and all kinds of stuff. Okay. But so emailed that list, had, had featured in the blog, people signed up. And then what I would do is I would email these people, some of them directly. And usually you could figure out um, what website they might use it on based on their, um, you know, email address or something. So we'd found, I don't know, 10, 15 people that we thought seemed pretty interesting, emailed them, and then they signed up to, you know, we got them to just do a 20-minute phone call with with me. And okay. I just shared, okay. shared, shared join.me page with them, and I took them through this that 10-page that slideshow that I told you about. And I said, here's what it does. And I recorded the whole thing, and uh, we got 10 people's candid opinions, you know, as candid as they can get in those types of interviews on uh -huh. what they thought of the product and what it would do. And um, that was our early validation. That was our step one to say, is this something that people would want? And um, based on that feedback, we decided, you know, okay, yep, combining them is the right way to go. Here's the key problems we're probably solving. We were still pretty off base a little bit at that time, but we were much, much closer. Um, and then we actually revamped the homepage with some updated copy and a little clearer description of what it was um, and really – cleaned up the idea, I would say. I don't know that we, we didn't solve the major problems that we needed, but we cleaned up the idea so that once we started building it, we were pointed in a better direction. Okay, cool. Hey, entrepreneurs, we know that anyone with a side hustle loves finding new ways to save. So if your business takes you on the road, sign up for a free membership with Hertz Business Rewards. Work trips, client meetings, industry conferences, with Hertz Business Rewards, you'll save at least 20% every time you rent a car. And you'll save on more than just the daily rate. Members earn credits redeemable towards free rental days. It's also free to add an additional driver if any additional coworkers come along. And for those Gen Z entrepreneurs out there, no young renter fees. 
Plus, sign up for Hertz Business Rewards today and earn three times credits during your first 90 days. So whether you're traveling for a side hustle or a main hustle, join for free at Hertz.com slash business rewards. Applies to base rate, taxes, fees, and options excluded. Additional terms and exclusions apply. Visit Hertz.com slash business rewards to learn more. If you travel a lot for work or for vacation, you might be familiar with that feeling you get knowing you're leaving your space unused for long periods of time and you're still paying for that privilege. But hosting on Airbnb means you don't have to leave your home sitting empty when you're away. Being an Airbnb host isn't just a way to earn some extra cash. It's a chance to share your space and make a guest's vacation all the more memorable. You might be thinking, eh, maybe my place isn't the right fit, but don't write it off just yet. Your potential Airbnb might be right in front of you. Whether it's a spare room or even your entire home, there's an opportunity waiting. Airbnb turns your home into a practical and even profitable venture. We just got back from a family trip to Hawaii where we stayed in a great Airbnb, but our place back home could have been a highlight to somebody else's travels, and we could have used the extra cash to help pay for the trip. So if you're curious about hosting on Airbnb, find out how much your space could be worth by visiting airbnb.com slash host. Once again, that's airbnb.com slash host. And then it was time to to build or was there still more validation that had to happen? Um, From there, we started building, but we built a very, very simple MVP. So social uh, co-schedule allows uh, users to uh, schedule social media messages while they blog. So right in line with their WordPress blog post, you can schedule your social media for that post. Uh, Then it allows you to see all of that content, both blog content and social media content together on a single drag and drop calendar. So that's kind of the full iteration of what the product ended up being. But the first version was just a very simple plugin that lets you schedule Twitter messages and Facebook pages, which was code left over primarily from the Today Launch product we build, which was our social media dashboard. So we already had this code done. So we kind of took that, cleaned it up a little bit, packaged it as this really simple WordPress plugin, and released it as kind of this beta candidate. And it only went out to those couple hundred people, a few hundred people that were on our list. Um, and they were, you know, and so a certain number of those people never even installed it, but I don't know, a good number of them did, 80 people or so did, and began using that piece of the software. And I think that's all the very first version did. I mean, you could just schedule a couple Facebook posts and Twitter messages. Very, very simple. And that was partially validation, partially not. Um, we, we definitely wanted to hear feedback, and we asked for lots of feedback at that point. But one of the things we are also really trying to do is just get good at writing a reliable plugin. Um, we just you have, you know, releasing as a beta early on, giving away for free was a way for us to start testing reliability and make our system as good and, and as, um, f- you know, foolproof as possible. Okay. From there, we actually wrote a very little, little add-on um, that we released maybe, I don't know, a few weeks later that allowed people to see their blog posts in WordPress on Google Calendar. So it just exported all their blog posts to a little ICS file, a feature that's still part of CoSchedule, um, and allowed them to see it on the calendar. And that was kind of the full realization of our MVP. You know, you could schedule social messages and you could view it on a calendar. Like okay. you, there, there's the two main components of what we we're trying to do. You'd see all of your all of your social messages and all of your blog posts on Google Calendar. That's pretty cool. Um, and I don't at that time I don't think I mean I don't even know if anybody does that now, but. Right. Um, 
was kind of a neat little thing. So that was kind of that was the initial plugin, and then from there we just kind of kept building it and getting different uh, beta users. We at one point had a group called Copilots. Um, that was a group that we met. We had a Google Hangout with every single week, and the agreement was that once you know once they get early access to the calendar, they were the first ones to actually see our our real drag and drop calendar and use it. And uh, they provided feedback every week on Google Hangouts on interface ideas. I would give them a couple wireframes and we'd talk it through. Um, I'd ask them a series of questions on key problems, how, you know, where, where are the hangups on your team? We did one-on-ones with them sometimes. Um, so we just kind of put together this small test group that helped us go through the entire process and were there, you know, with us when we launched. Um, and then once they launched, we gave them free access, I think even for life on most of them, um, for, for the help that they provided during that that phase okay cool and what's the charge for today for a paying customer today co-schedule is ten dollars a month per wordpress blog that you add to the system and that is on we don't limit users or social media profiles once they connect ten dollars per month per domain basically yeah basically there are ways you know subdomains and stuff that could people have okay (laughs) multi-sites you know so per blog Okay, cool. So, so now you've got this um, the recurring revenue model, the uh, you know the SaaS business that everyone is after, and uh, and what happens from there? Well, we botched pricing uh, to start with. <laughs> so, ten dollars a month wasn't what we started with. Actually, it worked out really well. We we went, launched a much higher price, and, and we validated it because we had customers paying it. I mean, they were. Um, but what we realized pretty early on is that the market was different than what we expected. We expected a lot of businesses. Um, to use the product and actually there's a lot of individual solo bloggers one or two three people maybe or you know that work on a blog that actually wanted to use it yeah and our pricing was prohibitive to that and so pretty early on after launch maybe a month i don't know if it was that long we pivoted um and lowered our price and kind of watched what happened and it was very interesting okay all of a sudden it upticked so then we pivoted again to the ten dollar price point and decided that you know our app was not a was not a we weren't necessarily b2b uh, like we thought uh, although we are, we have quite a lo- number of large companies that use CoSchedule, but um, that we could actually sell CoSchedule as a kind of more of a consumer-based application. Which was there, would, way, was there a way to discriminate out and you know do some price discrimination for like the people who are willing to pay more? Or yes, just have to there look is. across the board. There's, there still is, um, and we're not we're not doing that at the moment because what we ended up deciding is that we're we're interested primarily in growth at that time, okay. um, and. Part of the reason for that, I mean, when we're still we're still ten dollars a month, we haven't changed that, and we don't have immediate plans of changing that price point at all. Um, so that's not that's not the goal. That's not what we're shooting for here. But we decided that it was a, a high growth company, not a you know just a, a niche app. And so that's kind of the so we kind of pivoted to that model, uh, and that's where we've been ever since. And we've been getting very good traction. We. Um, you know, from there we we raised um, angel funding for CoSchedule starting last or this past January. Completed that in April, um, and then that's when we kind of successfully pivoted CoSchedule out of today. Made officially another two separate companies and two separate teams. Wow! Congratulations. Yeah. Thanks. Raising raising money to go to the next level. So you I mean yeah? You hear the stats that you know WordPress powers you know one in five sites on the planet. So yeah. obviously, huge, huge market of, of potential market. customers to seventy-five to collect, million sites about to be. collect the uh, ten dollars a month from. That's fantastic. Yeah. Um, so yeah, what do you? Yeah. I guess what are you doing next to kind of uh, you know get the word out and grow uh, grow from here? 
we do quite a bit. I mean, we do a lot of content marketing. Our blog is very popular uh, and growing. I mean, that's been a big focus. What we're trying to do, just get that organic traffic up as much as we can. A practice um, with reach, right? Yep, absolutely. So we do a lot of that. Um, you know, Twitter and stuff does well. We have some paid ads, but really those are not that big of a deal. Um, we do, we have a very good referral program and we see a lot of, um, you know, a lot of referral customers that way. That's been a very good little growth hack for us. And so we try to find that kind of stuff where, you know, our user base is very passionate about co-schedule. Um, they're willing and happy to share and they always like to save a buck or two on their subscriptions. So, you know, we offer some things where they can share co-schedule, they can write blog post reviews and that sort of thing. Um, and, you know, shares with their audience, something that many of them would probably be doing anyway, but then we'll just give them some credit in the end and uh, incentivize them to do that a little bit more. So those have been very good traffic. So most, I mean, most of our signups are very organic. Um, since funding, we've experimented some with paid ads, but honestly, it's it's no oasis. <laughs> yeah, for so. example, I've got, um, I'm on Blogging Your Passion with uh, John Milligan here, and mm -hmm. he's got, um, you know, the, the click to tweet link kind of called out in the middle. He says, if you're not passionate about your message, don't start a blog, click the tweet. And then down in the corner, powered by CoSchedule. And so I'm assuming that's a referral link for him. Like if he, if, if I go and sign up through him, like he'll get a kickback or something on that. Yeah, and those types of things are major traffic drivers for us, particularly in this stage of the company, because you know they, they don't cost as much. And that's got to uh, be huge getting, for SEO too, man. Putting that link out on you know thousands of different sites—that's awesome. It can't be terrible. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's uh, that's really cool. So I was going to ask, you know, the lifetime value of a customer. Like, how how long do people end up sticking around, or do you have kind of a do you have any data on like the churn rate at this point, or is it kind of too new? Absolutely. No, absolutely. We have uh, our churn rate's just around two percent, uh, which is nicely low. Kind of your, I mean, it's right where you want to be. Um, we're per, that's per month or per. That's that's well, that's our cumulative total every month. It fluctuates a little bit, but it's averaged out about two percent. God, that's really low. So, so far good. I mean, you know, we, and that's I don't know nine months in, ten months. You know, I guess we launched in September, so the math there. I guess I don't know, but. Yeah. So, I mean, churn, actually, I would have, you know, that's that's always something we pay attention to. But, you know, I think the biggest thing with CoSchedule is that it's a product people really love. I mean, they, our, our user base is very passionate about it. And um, that's that's what fuels their referral program. Like the referral program in itself isn't necessarily magical, um, although it's huge for growth. It's been phenomenal. But um the fact that people want to share and now we've just given them a bonus for doing it is the is the key. You know, it's not where they're not sharing just because uh, they're sharing because they want to and they get the bonus. Right. So, um, I think the biggest thing, you know, for co schedule. I mean, yes, there's there's you know we we hit the market I think at the right time. Content marketing all of a sudden is like a big deal. You know, and if you look at like Google Trends, you compare social media marketing to content marketing. Content marketing was kind of nowhere about a year or two ago. I mean, all of a sudden now everybody's talking about it, and we're hitting it. We're hitting it at the right time. So there's there's always luck involved in that. But validating our idea and making sure we built something that people wanted was a really big deal. I think so much about the product we would have built if we had not been you know been so focused on getting cust you know information from users actual users um and even contacting people that we thought hey they should this is the type of person i want using co-schedule like will they just do a call with me for 10 minutes and tell me what they you know i explain my idea really quick give them the elevator pitch and they tell me yes or no i would be something i'd be interested in or not like just even simple stuff like that really helps you frame it because then you can start saying okay well if this guy this blogger that i know how would he do it what would he need 
and uh, you can always start to validate those ideas. I can't stress enough. Our, our first product, that social media dashboard that I talk about, failed because we never found a way to really give customers something that they wanted. I mean, that's it was a good piece of software. It worked great. Uh, it was well built, but it failed because it didn't serve any needs that weren't served elsewhere. You know, we didn't dif- differentiate ourselves enough. So, yeah, that's a really cool story. I think it goes back to like somebody listening is probably not going to build a you know a home run software product right out of the gate, but it's part of the process, right? So you mentioned, hey, we started freelancing. Hey, we worked five six years at this design agency. Hey, we started our own you know design agency yeah. outside. And then, hey, we, you know, we validated the shit out of this thing. And then we eventually built it. And, like, you know, awesome, awesome kudos on the success for it. Garrett, uh, yeah. people can find you at coschedule.com. Anywhere else they should uh, go check check you out? Uh, todaymade.com, of course. And then on Twitter, I'm Garrett underscore Moon. Awesome. Thank you so much for sharing all of this stuff. I think really valuable uh, stuff for Side Hustle Nation. We'll wrap it up with your number one tip for the uh, for the listeners. Number one tip is absolutely has to do with validating validating your idea. I I don't think you could possibly do it enough. Um, I, I think it's very scary to get feedback on your idea, so we don't do it. And uh, you have to do it. You'll save yourself a lot of heartache, <laughs> a lot. Awesome. So. I agree with you. Thank you so much, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. All right. Thanks, Nick. There it is, guys. Pretty fascinating story, but but very methodical in a way. Be sure to uh, to head over to the show notes at sidehustlenation.com slash episode 67 to grab my full PDF summary file. Uh, that's a free giveaway for you. You can also get it actually through your uh, podcast player app on your phone. There should be a link in the episode details for that. But a couple of themes I want to touch on before we wrap up. Number one is the hustler's path. So CoSchedule looks like an overnight success right out of the gate. But in many ways, it was five years in the making. You heard Garrett talk about, hey, we wanted to be a software company from day one, but these are the steps we had to go through to get there from working a day job to freelancing, then going uh, and working as an agency or, or you know developing the agency, and then finally the software product. Theme number two is the idea of selling shovels in a gold rush. In this case, blogging and specifically WordPress blogging could be considered the gold rush and co-schedule the shovel. It's a pretty smart business, but I want you to think of what other gold rushes are out there that you can support. And that's it for the show, but I do have a special Friday edition of the Side Hustle Show coming out tomorrow for you, and that's walking through how I got my first sale in six different businesses. I think you'll like it. Until then, go out there and make something happen, and I'll see you in the next episode. Peace. Thanks for listening to the Side Hustle Show at www.sidehustlenation.com. 